Blog Talk Radio. Think Marriage is a ministry of inquiry for today and is hosted by Beth and Mark Tinsley. Weekly episodes present marriage-related topics using a combination of radio broadcast and audio podcast. Beth and Mark realize that they are an imperfect couple in an imperfect marriage in an imperfect world. However, they firmly believe that they serve a perfect God, and they want to share with you some of the life lessons and wisdom that He has shown them. If you'd like to learn more about Think Marriage, go to www.inquiryfortoday.com forward slash Think Marriage. That's www.inquiry, the number four, today.com forward slash Think Marriage. We hope you enjoy today's episode. everyone, and welcome to Think Marriage, a weekly radio broadcast podcast dedicated to helping couples grow in their love for, grace toward, and patience with one another. I'm Beth Tinsley, and I'm joined on our show by my co-host and husband, Mark Tinsley. Well, hello, everyone. It's good to be with you again on this Friday, uh, May 24th. And on today's episode, we're going to finish up the I in the Think Marriage Think acronym by discussing the topic that no one wants to discuss, and that is physical intimacy or sex. Now, this is not going to be a how-to session, and that's a joke, that's a joke, (laughs) but rather a discussion of why physical intimacy is so important, why withholding intimacy in the marriage can be so detrimental to the relationship, and what God says about Sex. And as a reminder, Think Marriage is a call-in radio show, so we want to hear from you. And if you have questions or comments or just want to say hi, give us a call. The call-in number is 917-889-3042. That's 917-889-3042. You can give us a call right now, and when we uh, get an opportunity in this show, we'll take calls in a few minutes. Okay, so let's jump in. And, of course, with any topic that we're discussing, whether in marriage or anything else. We want to know, what does God say about it? So when we go to God's word, what does God and God's word say about sex, about this issue of physical intimacy? Well, the first thing that we read way back in Genesis, right? The beginning of after creation, uh, he created um, Adam and Eve, man and woman to be husband and wife. The first thing we see is that it's God's plan for a man and his wife to be physically intimate. Genesis 2:24 says, therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And that definitely speaks of a union, a physical union, as well as an emotional and spiritual union, but definitely a physical union as well. So from the very beginning, it is God, part of God's perfect plan for the husband and wife relationship is that sex and physical intimacy is to be a big part of it and, and to be a big part of fulfilling what he has in mind for a marriage. And it's also part of God's design for us. Excuse me. So 
you read in the Song of Songs 7, verses 6 through 12, and, and if you've never read through the Song of Songs or Song of Solomon, as it's um, translated in some Bibles, I mean, this is some heavy stuff. Like, and this is in the Bible, and we see this is God-ordained. And it says, it, it's talking about a, a husband and wife here. It says, how beautiful and pleasant you are, O loved one, with all your delights. Your stature is like a palm tree, and your breasts are like its clusters. I say I will climb the palm tree and lay hold of its fruit. Oh, may your breasts be like clusters of the vine, and the scent of your breath like apples, and your mouth like the best wine. It goes down smoothly for my beloved, gliding over lips and teeth. I am my beloved's, and his desire is for me. Come, my beloved, let us go out into the fields and lodge in the villages. Let us go out early to the vineyards and see whether the vines have budded, whether the great blossoms have opened and the pomegranates are in bloom. There I will give you my love. This is like a, a very vivid portrait of God's design for us as a husband and wife that this sexual relationship is a beautiful part of what he has designed for us. Yeah, and I would venture to say that most of you have probably, very few of you, have ever heard a preacher stand up on a Sunday morning and preach from the Song of Songs or the Song of mm-hmm. Solomon because it is it makes us feel uncomfortable. But folks, this is God ordained stuff. It's designed in our nature to be um, intimate with our spouses, and uh, God doesn't hold back. I mean, the Bible does not hold back. I mean, right here you can see a very portrait of a very intimate relationship between this man and woman. Exactly. And so what else does God say about sex in his word? Where, well, in Hebrew 13, 4, he tells us that sex outside of marriage is wrong. It's against his design for us and his design for the world and for people. It says, let marriage be held in honor among all and let the marriage bed be undefiled for God will judge the sexually immoral and adulterous. And so this obviously is completely counterculture of what we see, especially in our culture today. I mean, in our culture today, we are taught, people are taught that any kind of sex you want to have is okay with whoever you want to have it, however many people you want to have it, anything like that, it's anything goes. So, you know, in God's word where it says that sex outside of marriage is wrong, I mean, it's just completely counterculture, but we want to live counterculture. We want to live the way that God intended us to live and to honor him. So we, we have to know what he says about this important topic. And then God's word also says that um, not only just sex outside of marriage is wrong, but even lust in the mind is wrong. Even lusting after someone in your mind, not even doing anything with them, but thinking those things in your mind. In Matthew 5, 28, it says, but I say to you, and this is uh, Jesus talking, but I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. So God is just, Jesus is speaking here about just how important uh, who we are inside is our heart. What's in our mind, what's inside of us is so important, not just what we do, but what we allow into our minds, what we allow our minds to think on, um, because that affects who we are and it affects our relationships and it will certainly affect our relationship with our spouse. Yeah. And and this Matthew chapter five is part of the sermon on the mountain. This is what the scholars call the antithesis where Jesus says, you've heard that it was said, but I say to you, and this is one of those uh, antitheses. And Jesus is saying, you've heard that it was said, you know, but I say to you that even if you look at a woman, you know, it's not just about just lying down with a woman physically, but even if you look at her lustful in your heart, 
then you've already committed adultery. God, Jesus is concerned. God is concerned with what's going on inside of us as much, if not more, than what we do. Because from the heart comes the actions. From the heart comes the real person. And that's what Jesus is really talking about. I can hide things all day long. I may be lustful and adulterous in my mind, but I hide it from the world just by simply not doing anything about it physically. But that doesn't make my heart any better. My heart's still wicked and evil. And that's what Jesus is talking about. Don't even don't even lust after a woman because that means your heart's wicked and the action is just the icing on the cake. It doesn't make you better or worse. Mm-hmm. The heart is what matters. Right. And he even says, God even says in his word that all kinds of sexual immorality are wrong and we should flee from them because they have a negative effect on our whole person. So in 1 Corinthians 6, 18, it says flee from sexual immorality. Uh, you know, and that's such a strong word, flee. You know, it's not like um, just go so far, a little bit's okay. If you watch this sort of thing, but don't watch anything that has this much in it, but a little bit. No, he's saying flee from it, flee from sexual immorality. Now, I think that's the same word that's used elsewhere in scripture that means run for your life. Mm. It really, it's, it's, a, it's a word, flee is the, a good interpretation of it because it means absolutely run as fast as you can like you're running out of a burning building. Right, because God knows how things are going to affect us. You know, we need to take heed to what he says. So flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. So I know we've talked about this before. I remember in another episode, but but sexual sin really does, the Bible speaks about here, has some sort of kind of unique effect on us in a negative way. Um, It's such, uh, to be so detrimental to who we are and to our relationships. So we need to flee from any kind of sexual immorality. Yep, I agree with that. I mean, flee from it. Run. Run for your lives, folks. Mm -hmm. Well, and you know, moving on then to our our second question here, why is physical intimacy so important in a marriage? I mean, you may be getting some of that, and a lot of you probably uh, will know or could conjure the same points we're going to come up with, or at least some of them. But, you know, we ask the question, well, you know, physical intimacy, is it really that important? I mean, I know that God's given it to us. I know that God holds it in high regard and sexual morality in high regard. But, you know, if I don't want to be intimate with my wife and my wife doesn't want to be intimate with me, does it really matter all that much? And the answer to that is absolutely. It is very important to our marriages. And some of the reasons here, I'm just going to kind of go through six. Uh, but one is that it creates bonding and closeness. It creates that oneness that God talks about the two becoming one when we're physically intimate, it's the way we come together. You know, we read in Genesis about uh, union between man and woman. And that union is a physical, it's a whole union, but it includes the physical union and we can't be separate physically and, and, and be together one emotionally and spiritually. They, they all go together. I mean, just think about it. If I want to have an emotional relationship with someone, I have to be with them occasionally I have to be in the physical presence of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I have to talk to them. I have to touch them. I have to hang out with them. The same thing is with our spouses, except it's a step further with our spouses because God has given us this uh, sexuality, these, uh, these longings, these desires for one another that we have to fulfill. And when we fulfill those, that's part of the equation. Uh, but you can't have close emotional and spiritual intimacy without that physical intimacy as well. So closeness and bonding and oneness. Now, another reason it's so important is that it, again, enhances the emotional and spiritual intimacy, the topics we've been talking about the last two weeks. 
Um, and so I just talked about that. So number three, uh, now this is a real practical one, but it provides a means for procreation. That is to have children. I mean, we can't come together. I mean, we can't have children. We can't procreate. We can't populate the earth and multiply and be fruitful, right? Unless we're having sexual intercourse with our spouse. And so um, from a very practical standpoint, this is how we prolong the human race. This is how we create children whom we can mentor and grow and guide into God-fearing, God-loving people. So that's a practical thing. Uh, another reason is that it helps each spouse avoid sexual temptation. And I think this is an important one, right? Because um, so often you see this uh, when I've been in counseling sessions with soldiers or in counseling sessions with people in my church, uh, and there's been infidelity. So often the time, it's because there's this separation physically between the two. And it may be because they're separated spiritually and emotionally, and so they're withholding sexual intercourse from one another. But that drives them even further apart. And then the temptations come along. Uh, a good-looking girl, a good-looking guy, whatever the case may be, comes along, says some sweet things to the other person, and bam, it happens. The adultery happens. And, and it's, it's because this temptation becomes so strong and stronger and stronger and stronger as that separation goes on and on and on. And so to help our spouse avoid that sexual temptation, to help ourselves avoid that sexual temptation, we need to have regular physical intimacy with our spouse. And I can't remember where the verses in the Bible were, uh, where Paul's talking about, um, you know, that it's okay to, for a season, a brief season for a husband and wife to abstain from sexual relations with each other. But he's very clear that it should be a very right. brief time and to come back together yes. quickly be, so to avoid the temptation, you know, so that not, neither of you will fall. So, you know, the Bible speaks about that very issue. Yep, absolutely. And so it helps avoid temptation. Also helps us relieve stress. Life, life is stressful. Obviously, we all know that. The world just heaps and heaps the stress upon our shoulders day in and day out. And this blessing that God has given to a married couple to have a time of intimacy and a time of physical intimacy and sexuality is a way to help relieve that stress, a way to help um, kind of ground us back to what's most important. Because during the act of sexual intercourse, if there's emotional and spiritual health in the relationship as well, there is very much a return, I think, to kind of the grassroots of life, the grassroots of of being and 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 humanity when you come back and uh, in, into the marriage bed, as it were. And you know, I think that that is helps us to ground ourselves, to relieve our stress, and kind of resets us to start a new day. And, and maybe that sounds a little cloud nine-ish to some of you, but um, but I think you would agree that there's something that kind of resets us. Uh, when we have physical intimacy with our spouse. And then finally, uh, and I say finally, this isn't an exhaustive list, but finally on my list is that physical intimacy results in positive physical, emotional, and mental health has all the, you know, positive emotional, uh, mental, and physical health benefits. I mean, you can read the research on that. I'm no expert on it, but I have read articles and short articles and, and things from folks saying that, you know, Regular sexual intercourse is good for men and women physically. It has good emotional uh, benefits and good mental benefits. It stimulates certain parts of the brain and exercises certain parts of the brain and that, that uh, result in mental health and, and wellness. And so there's just so many, there are so many benefits of physical intimacy with our spouse. Again, bonding and closeness, that two becomes one is enhanced. 
the emotional and spiritual intimacy is enhanced, uh, provides us a means of procreation, helps each spouse avoid uh, sexual temptation from others, uh, relieve stress, and the positive health benefits that come with it. Mm -hmm. So why is then withholding sex so detrimental to our marriage? Um, There's, you know, a number of um, reasons why it makes, the first one is that it makes the one, you know, will become one when we are married. Well, it makes that one become two. It, it drives a couple apart and it creates a distance between the husband and wife. And so it's really breaking down what God built and it's breaking down what God intended for our marriages. Um, so it creates this, when we withhold sex, when we're not sexually um, intimate with each other, it creates a distance. Um, and then, which leads to an emotional and a relational distance, you know, which then leads to a further cycle of sexual distance. And it just kind of creates this cycle uh, where the distance is getting larger and larger in all, all areas of intimacy, physical, uh, relational, you know, emotional and spiritual. So it's, it's a really bad cycle that is created. Uh, it leads to withholding sex from one another leads to stress in the marriage and in the individual spouse. Like Mark talked about how physical intimacy really does relieve the stress that comes with life and kind of resets us and brings us back together as a couple and as just people. Um, we, withholding that and not uh, engaging in that leads to increased stress in the marriage and in the individual spouse. And it creates a lot of sexual tension and temptation, like we talked about before, um, that tem- physical intimacy is so important because it helps us to avoid temptation. So if we, if we are withholding intimacy from our spouse and we're not regularly engaging in that as a married couple, it's going to increase, you know, and, and could increase that temptation for one of the spouses to be led astray and to get into uh, a bad situation with someone else and, and just creates a lot of sexual tension between the couple. Yeah, and that's like sexual tension. I want to talk about for just a second. I'm, you know, when, when you have not had sexual intercourse for a, a long period of time, there's that internal desire in most people to have it. And if you know that your spouse is holding it back from you for whatever reason, it could be, you know, a very malicious reason, or it could just be the reason of the busyness in life or whatever the case may be. But when you feel that there's withholding going on, um, you know, you know, there's going to be some kind of bitterness and angst between the couple. And I think that creates that just attention. And again, the physical separation causes an emotional and spiritual separation. Mm-hmm. And so each one of these types of intimacy widens the gap of the other two. If you don't have that, if you don't have it or, you, you know, it's lacking in some way. Right, exactly. And when we are withholding um, sex from our spouse, we're not engaging in that regularly. We're, we're really withholding love from our spouse, a love that they truly need because that's part of who God made each of us to be. That's a natural desire as a human, especially as a married person, to have that kind of intimacy with your spouse. You know, First Corinthians 13 says love is generous, so we should be generous with our love and with, with who we are, with our bodies, with our spouse, with our time. Um, and when, when we don't, that just can communicate a withholding of love that, that our spouse you know, desperately needs, all of us need from our spouse. Um, 
And it, and it just, and it, like we talked about before, when we are not engaging in this with our spouse, it's going to negatively affect our emotional and spiritual intimacy. It's going to create distance in every area, every area of intimacy in our marriage and just make those um, divisions wider and wider. Absolutely. And so, you know, really, we really need to talk about, because I think this is where the awareness comes in. Uh, I, I doubt anybody would disagree with, you know, scripture. I mean, some of you may may take issue with scripture, but scripture is what it is, and it says what it is, and we hear it, think marriage, accept it uh, for, on face, at face value. What it says is what it says. We don't argue with God. So most of you are probably in that camp. Um, so you wouldn't disagree with scripture. You probably wouldn't disagree why sex is important. Uh, you probably wouldn't disagree with some of the reasons that we gave uh, for why withholding sex can be detrimental. Uh, but all of that is just kind of theory. All of that is just kind of, um, you know, the things that we think about, the things that we must consider. But this next thing is something we need to really hone in on because the question is, what distracts us from being physically intimate with our spouses and what can we do to lessen these distractions? For the most part, unless there's malice involved, most people aren't having a, a vibrant and healthy sex life in their marriage because of the distractions of life, right? And so we need to recognize these distractions as a couple and then take steps or the step or steps to correct that, to lessen those distractions. I mean, we're probably not going to get rid of the distractions, but we can lessen them through awareness and then counteract them so that we can get our lives back in order when it comes to physical intimacy. So the big one, I would think, in most of our lives is the busyness of life. I mean, we've all got jobs. We've all got uh, things that we need to do, obligations, volunteer obligations, um, things happen around the house, right? Friends call us to ask to, to move or to help them with some project. Um, you know, the day-to-day -day of life today is busy. Few people are, live a life of the 1930s where you could come in, from work, sit down by the fire, sit down by the radio and hang out with your family. I mean, maybe that's what we should be doing more of, but most people are running from this thing to that, this sports event, this volunteer organization, this job thing. Um, our jobs are taking on 40 hour work week is out the door for most people these days. And so things just get busy. And in that kind of a lifestyle, how do we, how do we lessen those kind of distractions? Well, we can't get rid of busyness. I mean, we have to have a job. We have to we have to have uh, you know we want to be involved in our church and volunteer organizations but what we need to do is plan time for our spouse for intimacy just like we plan time to be in the volunteer organization just like we have planned time to go to work just like we plan time to go to the sporting events we need to plan time with our spouse and it sounds kind of weird maybe to some of you but plan time for intimacy hey we're gonna be together you know a couple times a week and we're going to do it. If you have to do that, maybe you can be more spontaneous, but if you can't because of your busyness, then plan the times out. And it might just be even a general planning, like, okay, I'm going to make sure that I'm done with all my commitments by eight o'clock at night or whatever, right. you know, like make a general commitment. I'm going to, to give my spouse time to, if we want to want to be together emotionally, if we want to be, it to be physical, whatever, whatever our relationship needs at that time or on that day, but kind of blocking out um, certain hours of the day for your spouse, whether it be at night when all the you know, kids are in bed, jobs are done, things around the house are done, just saying, okay, we're going to stop with our commitments at this point and just spend time together, whatever that looks like for today. Absolutely. And that 
is so true, and I have left I've left this point out intentionally because it's really my next point, and that is children. Children can be a distraction, mm-hmm. and I wanted to hone in on that one because we don't like to think of our children as distractions, and I don't think of my children as a distraction. But when it comes to the intimacy between spouses, husband and wife, children can be a distraction because what happens so often, especially when your children are younger, is we focus in on the children and we, we want to take care of all their needs. We want to do all the things that we need to do for them. And sometimes we will ignore our spouses. And so again, how do we, how do we do that? Well, we obviously got to love our children. We obviously have to take care of their needs. We obviously have to be there for them. So that's a distraction we can't get rid of, right? But what do we do? Again, plan time with your spouse for intimacy. And like Beth said, maybe that's a general, hey, we're going to have the kids, all the kids in bed by nine o'clock. Or, hey, you know, uh, kids, Thursday evenings are our evening together. So, you know, you you all are going to have to find something to do in the basement downstairs or outside or something, uh, you know, after dinner or whatever the case may be. But set aside that time. We are great at planners. We are wonderful planners these days because we have to be because our lives are so busy. Yet we oftentimes don't plan the most important things into our schedule. Mm -hmm. And I will say as an aside real quick, make sure you're planning time for your kids as well. Right. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, and it could be just being clear. Obviously, your kids, you know, you're not going to be telling your kids what's going on. But, you know, you say, you know, when they're in bed, when mom and dad and I are in our room, that's our time together. I mean, you know, that's all they need to know. You know, you don't just come in, you, you stay in your room, it's time for bed. Just making it that they know to be respectful of your time with your spouse. They think you're just talking whatever they need to know, but just making sure that you are clear that of the boundaries. Just talk at a low volume. Right? <laughs> Another thing uh, that distracts us is, and now we talked about sexual intercourse being a stress reliever and all those types of things, but stress in life can be a distraction on the, from the other perspective. Think about it. And we can't avoid stress, but we can do things to decrease stress. I mean, the stresses come from all over the place, right? I mean, your boss is coming down on you, or you just have a hard job, or you got a big project. That's a stress. Um, you've got 40 things to do uh, in an evening designed for two things. That's going to bring on stress. Uh, the kids are having problems in school or just being disobedient. That's a stress. All the things in life, you know, maybe maybe your basement just got flooded or, um, you, you know, you're, you're having to move. The rent's due and you can't pay it. Whatever, right? Things bring stress. Um, and so what do we do to decrease stress? Again, we can't get rid of stress, nor do we want to get rid of all of our stress. Stress keeps us on our toes, right? Stress is actually a blessing in our lives, but that's another show. But what do we do to decrease stress? Well, first of all, we need to draw close to God. We've got to get close to God. God promises us peace and joy and all these things, but we've got to get close to him in order to retrieve these things. Um, how do we get close to God? I've talked about it before, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it. But our Bible study, listening to God's word, number one. Number two, prayer, saying to God, releasing our burdens and our, our praises to him, two. And three, fellowshipping with the church, the people of God that he's given us. And as we do that, we become more intimate with God. We talked about that during spiritual intimacy. We become more intimate with God. And as we become more intimate with God, we experience, his, we experience more and more his peace and his joy and his love and his grace and his mercy. So that's one way to help decrease stress is to get closer to God. And these are the ways we do it. Number two, some people think meditation is a, a way to, to relieve some stress. Now I'm not talking about, uh, you know, Eastern philosophy and all that. I'm just saying the opportunity to just kind of sit 
quietly in your thoughts or sit quietly and meditate upon scripture and just think and just breathe and just be. That's what I'm talking about. And, and, and experience God's creation, experience God's warmth in the quietness of your heart and your soul. Yeah, just slowing down for a moment. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, meditation can be just momentary. That's right. Uh, hobbies. Hobbies can help decrease our stress. Everybody has hobbies. You might not do much with your hobbies these days because you're so busy, but planning time for your hobbies. If you like to do woodworking, which I'd like to do, plan time for that. If you like sports, plan time for that. If you like to read, plan time for that. Just work it into your schedule to help decrease your stress. Find that thing that you do that brings peace to your heart and make sure you're planning that thing into your life. Physical fitness has been proven. Running and weightlifting and working out has been proven to reduce stress. Something happens in your mind. The chemicals that are produced in your mind help to placate the stress that you feel in your body and in your mind. And so physical fitness is important. Eating right. I know these are very practical things, but that's what we need, right? We need some practical advice. And eating right is another way to help. You know, if I'm eating a bunch of nasty food and it's making me feel horrible, that's just going to add to my stress. But if I'm fit, I'm losing weight, I'm going to feel better about myself. And then getting enough rest is another thing. Um, you know, most people don't get enough rest. They, you know, I was looking at a document not too long ago and it, it had the amount of rest you need per night on average per age group. But all the age groups fell around seven to eight hours. You know, I think some some age groups could get six to seven hours. Some age groups need it nine to 10 hours. But everybody was right around eight hours of sleep. But I guarantee you that the average person does not get a good solid eight hours of sleep most nights. And so we wake up grumpy. We wake, we wake up stressed out before we even get our day started. And so getting enough rest is very, very important. And there's a lot of other things, but stress. Identify what the stresses are in your life and then seek to reduce them through some of these other areas. All right. Here's a big one that can distract us, distract us especially men, from physical intimacy. And what do we do about it? And that is pornography. You know, um, you know, pornography is a huge, pulls us away from the physical intimacy with our spouse and emotional and spiritual intimacy. Pornography is a big killer. It's a huge problem within the church. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, I have another show that we do called Clean Slate, and we're getting ready to start season two, May 28th. And uh, look us up on YouTube and, uh, and on Facebook. But uh, we're going to talk to an expert on pornography in the church in season two. Um, and he just has a whole ministry called battle plan ministry that surrounds, uh, this issue of pornography. And we're going to really dig into this because it's such a problem. It's destroyed more, probably more marriages than most anything else, uh, in our world. Because when you're gratifying yourself through other women, looking at other women through masturbation and other things like that, uh, then you're not going to have the, the desire to be with your spouse. You're not going to have you know, or, you, or when you do, you're going to have these desires that are unrealistic. You're going to be placing uh, obligations on your spouse to do certain things or be a certain way because you've watched it on a, a movie or uh, seen it in a magazine that just are not realistic and not healthy. And so uh, what do we do to avoid that? Well, you know, stop it, right? Now, the old Bob Newhart uh, skit, you know, well, just stop it. No, don't do it. But that's easier said than done, right? So my advice to somebody that's really struggling with it, some people can just stop it, right? Some people can just say, hey, you know what? This is wrong. I'm going to stop it. But some people actually become addicted to it. And if that's you, if you're in that place of addiction right now, 
don't beat yourself up. Just get help. Go seek counseling. Um, maybe it's a counseling from a licensed professional counselor. Maybe it's uh, counseling uh, from a friend, a confidant, a pastor, someone like that. But, but please reach out and find help for that. Right. Yeah. Cause it really will affect, even if it doesn't destroy your marriage, you know, leading to divorce, it will destroy, like Mark said, the relationship uh, between a husband and a wife and just put such a wedge in between it because it's so not what God intended. It's, it's just putting something, uh, you know, it's Satan taking what God intended for good and turning it to something ugly and wrong and so opposite of what God intended. So when you take that and you bring that into a marriage or into a relationship, it's only going to lead to really harmful and hurtful things. So it is something that, that needs to be addressed. And um, like Mark said, talk to a friend, counseling, whatever it is, because you can't have a thriving healthy relationship when pornography is a part of it. Right. And again, uh, look up clean slate, uh, YouTube channel, Facebook, and, uh, look up, be ready for that episode. That's going to be coming up on pornography later. Uh, I think it's in July that we're actually going to run that one. So, um, another thing that distracts us are the temptations of the opposite sex. Now this is not, this is related to pornography, but I'm not talking about pornography, dirty magazines and, triple X rated shows. I'm just talking about the, the things that are built into our culture that tempt us of the opposite sex. I mean, think about it, just the, the, the way men and women dress today. I mean, there's so many folks that don't dress conservatively. Um, And I'm not saying I'm not being prudish here. I'm just talking about extremely revealing clothing. Mm -hmm. You know, we think about women most of the time when we think about that, but men are doing it too. I mean, I just saw, won't say who because he's kind of a famous guy. I don't want to offend anybody, but I saw uh, and, he, and he claims to be a Christian, <laughs> a, a gentleman who was uh, wearing, you know, he's a very fit young man, um, and he was wearing a, 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 a what do you call it, like a sheer shirt, so you could see all of his abdomen and his chest mm-hmm. and all this stuff through it. It was very clear that you could see all of mm-hmm. his muscles, you know, and I thought. I don't know. You know, that's got to be very tempting to a young woman Mm -hmm. um, who would look up to this guy because of his fame and fortune and, and, uh, and then to see him with his, you know, extremely sexualized body and clothing, that's gotta be, so I I say all that not to point fingers at this guy. I really, I really don't want to do that. Um, But, but just to say, it's not just a thing women do. It's a thing that men do as well. Um, and we're all guilty of it if, if we're not careful. But revealing clothing can be very tempting for the opposite sex and pull our attention away from our spouse. Uh, billboards with, and, and movies and advertisements and magazines and television, they're very uh, explicit these days. Mm-hmm. And so that temptation is out there. And, I mean, you don't have to go searching for it. Right. I mean, you can find it just by clicking on the Internet, just by turning on a television set, just by driving down the road. Mm-hmm. How can you avoid that? Well, you might not be able to avoid it all the time, but you, you can avoid certain things like tempting websites. Um, you can turn away or not not stare at people of the opposite sex who are wearing revealing clothing and not let your mind wander, lust of the flesh, uh, you know, proud of life type of stuff. Um, you can incorporate safeties into your life, like not being alone with someone of the opposite sex, like Billy Graham used to do. Um you know, here in our home, we have a, 
a special router that blocks websites and comments and things like that. And of course it doesn't get everything, but we're just afraid of our children getting on the wrong place. And so we've, we've even built that safety into even our home Wi-Fi system. And so just being wise in what you look at and who you hang around with and how you hang around these people and what you, you know, what you're staring at and what you're not staring at um, is, is very important to uh, reducing the temptation that you have from the opposite sex. But these are all distractions that, uh, that can, can, can keep us from physical intimacy with our wives right. or husbands. Right. And, you know, there were a couple that I thought of that, um, you know, especially for women, I think, um, are particularly more of a distraction for us or things that would um, in, prevent us from wanting to be physically intimate with our spouse. And um, I think for especially for women, you know, when we feel uh, I think feeling unattractive or insecure about our appearance. Uh, maybe we've had a number of children or we've gained some weight or we're just getting older or we are comparing ourselves to what we see on those billboards and what we see on TV, you know, the perfect airbrushed model. And so feeling unattractive or insecure about what we look like can make us want to avoid physical intimacy with our spouses we, because we're either we're embarrassed or we just are worried that maybe our spouse doesn't, you know, like what they see. So that can really make us want to avoid those situations of being intimate with our spouse. But I, I had someone tell me this years ago, and I, I can't even remember who it was, or um, but it was such good advice. And, and we were talking about things and, you know, she was just, she just said like, you know, we have to remember that our husbands just want to be with us. Like they just want to be intimate with us and they want to share that with us and experience what God intended for our relationship. They're not, they're not focusing on what we think they're focusing on. They're not comparing us. They're not, um, you know, we ha- are bringing this insecurity into it, but they just really want to be with us. And um, so I think as wives, it's important for us to remember that, that we don't want those insecurities to keep us from fulfilling that, that part of our relationship, relationship with our spouse. And then another one is um, for women, you know, a lack of emotional spiritual intimacy for a woman, if she's feeling spiritually or emotionally disconnected from her husband, if they have had a big fight or arguing about something and that hasn't been resolved, that's kind of still lingering in the air that day or over their relationship. It's going to be really hard for a woman to then be physically intimate, to have a desire to be physically intimate with her spouse. Cause it's kind of like, well, wait a minute, how can we do this when we've just been arguing or when it, you know, I think, but though for a man, it's much easier for them to still go, you know, want to be physically intimate, but for a woman, you know, we really need to have that resolved and that kind of emotional intimacy back first before we can really be physically intimate with our husbands. So I think that's really important for couples to remember as they go throughout their day um, and into the evening or whatever, that you want to try to resolve. You don't want those lingering things in the air. You want to resolve and, and kind of restore the emotional intimacy of your marriage, especially for a woman that will really help her going into the physical intimacy part to have that desire to do that. Um, So 
men, I would just stress a lot for you. I mean, it's important for both of us, but really for men to, to keep, remember that and keep the emotional intimacy of your marriage a priority. Don't neglect that for your wives because that's, better for you in the long run too, because it's going to make your wife very much more willing um, to be and, and desiring to be physically intimate with you. That's right. So, and uh, so I hope that, I hope that this episode has helped you all um, kind of consider a topic that's difficult to talk about. I mean, it's not easy for any of us uh, really to talk about sexual intercourse, especially um, with our spouse or with other people. And so what do we do? We oftentimes just repress it. We don't talk about it, but it needs to be talked about. And that's why we decided to make this a, its own separate episode in order to deal with this topic in particular for you know about 45 minutes. Uh, but 45 minutes is not enough. I'd encourage you to get out into the God's word, to look at it for yourself, um, seek God's counsel, listen to God's voice through as you pray and as you read his word. And when you have questions or you have problems in your marriage, don't worry about seeking counsel, seeking wise advice from, from appropriate people, counselors, pastors, uh, confidants, close friends, people that you can trust with sensitive information. But reach out and get help because um, sexual health, uh, emotional health, mental health, spiritual health, these are important things to a marriage. Intimacy is so important in our marriage relationship. And so it's something that we must consider and it's something we must take very seriously. Well, folks, go ahead. And I was just saying, and, and also talk to your spouse about it, you know, talk to them about your fears about this topic or about your worries or what's been difficult in the past or like open up, like we talked about before, how important honesty is in a marriage, be honest with one another about where you are with this issue and, and maybe what struggles you're having or what's hard for you or where do you feel disconnected and, and talk about it. It'll bring you all a lot closer when you do. Absolutely. Well, folks, that's our show for today. Hope you'll join us next week, uh, Friday, May 31st at 3 p.m. right here. And that'll be live right here uh, on uh, Blog Talk Radio on the links that we'll put out on Facebook and, and the website. Uh, but please keep in mind that we also air these uh, episodes on um, our WLVA-DB radio station, our internet digital radio station. Uh, we air, we'll air a 11.30 tonight. We air uh, a, a re, uh, rebroadcast of this. We'll also air two rebroadcasts tomorrow. So and join us on that if you've missed it or you get here, got here late or whatever and you want to get the whole episode. Join us on that. Uh, or you can download the podcast itself on our website at www.inquiry, the number four today.com. And they can get to the uh, WLVA internet radio site through. Yeah. At, through Facebook. Uh, you can get that through inquiry for today website as well. You can also find it on Facebook at WLVA radio. So yeah, I'd encourage you to listen to that radio station as well. We do a lot of things on there like, uh, we rebroadcast sermons from Sunday. We rebroadcast. I do a morning show called Mark in the Morning at 5:30, 8, and 10 a.m. every weekday. So, a lot going on there. I'd encourage you to be a part of it. And we play classic Christian, classic and Christian rock and roll music. If you like those two genres, we'd love to have you on there. Well, folks, that's it for today. We hope you have a great day. We will see you next week. Inquiry for today.
Today and is hosted by Beth and Mark Tinsley. Weekly episodes present marriage-related topics using a combination of radio broadcast and audio podcast. Beth and Mark realize that they are an imperfect couple in an imperfect marriage in an imperfect world. However, they firmly believe that they serve a perfect God, and they want to share with you some of the life lessons and wisdom that He has shown them. If you'd like to learn more about Think Marriage, go to www.inquiryfortoday.com forward slash Think Marriage. That's www.inquiry, the number four, today.com forward slash Think Marriage. We hope you enjoy today's episode.